1: This is the Western Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on that text line 704-570-9610. Hit up those social medias. That'll be a fun uh, activity for you to do. Hit up WFNZ Twitter and Instagram at Walker Mail on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Bryant underscore 72 and HDB underscore Josh on those same platforms. All right, here we go. Madden has come out again with more ratings for you to feast on. Today, it's the cornerbacks and the tight ends. To give you the top five cornerbacks, Jalen Ramsey is a 97. Jair Alexander, Queen City's own, is a 95. He's number two. Patrick Sertan, the second, is 94. Sauce Gardner 93. Marlon Humphrey is fifth. He's also Got a 93. And then when we talk about the tight ends, Travis Kelsey hits the 99 club. Well-deserved for him. George Kittle's number two at 96. T.J. Hawkinson's number 490. I skipped over Mark Andrews, who's third, with a 95. And Dallas Goddard is 89. And then your boy, Walker Kyle Pitts, is sixth with an 87. Okay. That's my boy. I'll take that. All right. So, once again, let's play another version of guess that rating <laughs> all right so we'll start with the tight ends right now and there's only one that we want to know what you think the rating is and that is that of one hayden
0: hurst i'm gonna go with hayden hurst mm, if, if kyle pitts is 86 you said because i want to use the top five as a measurement yeah, so if Kyle Pitts is what you said 87 or 86 something Kyle like that. Kyle Pitts is an 87. All right. Well, to me, I feel like Kyle Pitts should be, you know, a pretty decent far, a decent gap away from where Hayden Hurst is. No okay. disrespect, it's just Kyle Pitts is one of the best tight end prospects we've ever seen. Came in with 1000 yards as rookie year. Okay. It's going to be close for me whether he breaks 80 I actually don't think he does. I'm okay. going to go with 79 for Hayden Hurst. Final answer.
1: Well, once again, Walker, Mail, you are very close, but no cigar. Mm. Hayden Hurst got in 80. He got into right, the 80 on the top. club.
0: Yes, you were right there, my man. All right. So only one away. I'm not too mad at that one. Anytime I'm one away, even though Fitty hits the it's buzzer immediately, I feel okay. I it's feel decent about for it. You. Okay. This is the big one. Talking
1: cornerbacks. J.C. Horn, guess that
0: rating. Walk him in. All right. So, the top five, what was the lowest one? Because we had 97 for Jalen Ramsey. And then I'm sure you're talking about something like within what was it? Marlon Humphrey was like 93? Yes. Okay. So, if Marlon Humphrey was 93, he's not going to be in the 90 club. J.C. Horn often is getting disrespected, but I do think that he's going to be somewhat close. Give me 87 for J.C. Horn. 87. Walker Mail. Yeah. But when it comes to one JC
1: Horn, you are pretty far off on this one. He got in 83.
0: 80. What do you think about that? Yeah, man. Eighty-three. Eighty-three. Where does that come in? Like, do we know where the rankings are on that?
1: Uh well, no, it's not Hold gonna make your top ten. Hold on. It's not gonna make your top twenty. It's not he's not top twenty. Kenny Moore is number twenty. Kenny Moore the second with an eighty four. Fiddy. James Bradbury,
0: Jamil Ding, Patrick Peters. Look, that's fine. Fitty, go ahead. <laughs> Wait, you got the whistle ready? Go ahead. Woo, let's bring, go! Bring it, on. bring it on. Bring it on. I'm going crazy here. Bring it on! <laughs> They'll look at this to see whether this is a flagrant. Yeah, that was scary. I don't even, I don't even know if I want to see that again. You've got to think that's going to be a flagrant. The question is, is it a one or a two? <laughs> no. Get out of here and stop being a hater. Talking about on the text line, best ability is availability. All right, cool. He needs to stay healthy, no doubt about it. But that does not allow Madden, a video game that everybody plays, that should be about as accurate as possible, to keep J.C. Horn out of the top 20 cornerbacks in the entire NFL. We're talking about somebody that when he was on the field was one of the best. Not top 20, but yeah, top 10 cornerbacks in all of the National Football League. We're talking about the stats that I've already gone over before, but hell, Madden seems to need to be reminded. We're talking about J.C. Horn being first in receptions allowed, of, according to cornerbacks that actually played 400 coverage snaps, sixth in reception percentage, first in passer rating, first in targets, first in yards after the catch, had a bad game against Detroit, and even with all that, still ranks very high on all of those categories we talked about. And you're going to sit there and tell me, that J.C. Horn is not a top 20 cornerback in the NFL. The most egregious one. Like, if you don't want to give Brian Burns as much respect as what I think he deserves, cool, that's fine. If you don't want to call Bryce Young that talented of a quarterback right now because it's his rookie year, okay, we haven't seen him play in the NFL yet. That's all fine. Derrick Brown's only done it one year, so we have to bring him a little bit further down on the defensive tackle rating. I get it. All logical takes. But to have J.C. Horn outside the top 20 in all of the cornerbacks and how they're measured in the NFL, it's ridiculous. It's the most egregious rating that they've had, certainly a part of the Carolina Panthers and maybe in the entire video game. J.C. Horn, a guy that we're – he was ranked eighth, according to Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus. Your website, Wes, which I like as well, because <laughs> it backs it up. Yeah. Yeah, ridiculous. You, you cannot – you don't have to call J.C. Horn a shutdown corner. You can say he's overrated if you want to. That's fine. But top 20, he's out of that? That's ridiculous. Thanks for sending me to the foul line. I just sunk both free throws.
1: His man coverage grade was an 82. His own coverage grade was an 87. Play recognition rating in 83.
0: I mean, yeah, all, all wrong ratings, according to Madden. Yeah. It's <laughs> oh, the furthest off I've been, which I'm, I'm not even mad about. That's okay. I'll be far off on a J.C. Horn rating. That's ridiculous.
1: All right. Then also we've got, when you talk about the DBs, guess that rating of one, Dante
0: Jackson. All right. So this one is, I don't know. I don't think we're going to get to the 80s on Dante Jackson. Give me 78. For Dante, this one's kind of tough for me, but I'll go 78 for Dante Jackson. Lock it in, final an answer.
1: Man, Walker, you're pretty good at this, but close but no cigar yet again. <laughs> Can't <wait>. Dante Jackson <laughs> has an 80.
2: He oh, got an, really? Yes, he so got an 80. The, he brought right. the 80 club. So his, was, not,
1: his speed is crazy. He's got 95 speed, 94 acceleration, yeah. which tells me those coverage grades must not be They're probably decent. Yes, he has 77 man coverage, 77 zone coverage.
0: Finney, do you want to go to the foul line on the Dante Jackson rating?
2: I mean, this is just further (laughs) evidence as to why this game has sucked for the last decade or so. Like, you can't even rate these players properly. So you're telling me J.C. Horn is an 83. But Dante Jackson, a guy that is not considered a top 10, 15 player at the position – it's just three points behind him as an overall player.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. That is a little bit crazy to me. I, I like Dante fine enough. I'm, I'm probably the bigger Dante defender out of all three of us, thinking he's a fine number two. He's, go- a,
2: he's a good He's a good number two player like J.C. Horn on the field. I, I thought 75. That's I, the number that popped into my I,
1: head. I agree with, with Fiddy. I yeah. think he's just okay. So I thought he would best. get higher,
0: but all right. Well, that's fine, man. Uh, yeah, sooner Mike, uh, FNZ gets... So butthurt if anyone critiques the Panthers, maybe uh, Horn would get a better rating if he stayed on the field oh, sooner, Mike. Um, OK, I mean, look.
2: I mean, what is it with people that want their radio hosts to absolutely hate the teams that we get paid to cover? Like, <laughs> it's not good for our mental health to just sit here and say, you know what, I want the Panthers to suck.
0: sign someone that does a daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets. That's who signs that.
2: That's why I pray for you every night.
0: Thank you. Because I don't know a, how
2: you do it. I would have done quit.
0: I appreciate
1: that. He has
2: an 84 uh, injury rating, too.
0: Surprise. Dante Jackson?
2: Yeah. That, no, that, no. I'm
0: talking about JC. I don't know if that's good or bad. I guess that's kind of bad. That's yeah, a I mean, good it's fine.
1: injury grade. 84. Okay. Well, it should I should probably be a 54. I mean...
0: What are you going to use? <laughs>
1: no, I was trolling. I said oh, it should have been a 54.
0: Oh, I didn't know what you were saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. 54. No, that's a pretty gotcha. good grade, 84. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, J.C. Horn should have got better. He's clearly a better cornerback. I'm surprised at the gap there. That That's the All worst right. position that Madden has had. All like, right. Ultimately, I haven't had problems, but that's the worst one.
1: All right, so a topic we've been meaning to get to, Sunday Night Football has put out a bracket for the best non-quarterback of the 21st century Interesting candidates they have there. I'll read them to you quickly, but start with the fact that uh, in one bracket, the second and third seeds are Luke Keekly and Cameron Jordan. They are paired up against each other, and this is an NFC bracket. The other matchups are Patrick Willis versus Larry Fitzgerald, Richard Sherman versus Aaron Donald, Darren Brooks versus Julio Jones, Brian Dawkins versus Trent Williams, Zach Martin versus Michael Strahan, Adrian Peterson versus Devin Hester and Calvin Johnson versus Charles Woodson. So would you like to choose a guy out of this for the NFC that you feel like is the best non-quarterback of the 21st century?
0: Why don't you tell us what you think real quickly as I pull up this graphic as well, trying to find it in the DMs. All
1: right. Well, I actually tried to get you as I pondered this. But as I look <laughs> at this, these are some great selections here. But I'm going to have to probably go with an offensive guy, best non-quarterback of the 21st century, my man. I'm going to have to go with AJ Peterson. I mean, AJ Peterson was spectacular. Uh, this He was one of the best running backs of our generation. To me, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. So, I mean, the just the, the games, he had you on the edge of his seat. The fact that he was able to come back later in his career – And play and be a serviceable back. But I mean, you're talking about some of the seasons that he had six 1,000 yard seasons for AP, including or seven, excuse me, excuse me, including a 2,000 yard season in 2012. One of the few backs to do that. The accolades, the all pros that he's got, the Pro Bowl selections. I would go
0: with AP. All right, so you're going with AP in what matchup, just going all the way is what you're saying? I would say if I had
1: to choose one guy for me to win all the matchups, I would go with AP.
0: So, yeah. Um. So, as far as just, and I can get to that in a moment, I did want to talk about just the most important non QB here for the Carolina Panthers this year. Because is that as easy as just saying Brian Burns locking it in and then moving away from the topic? Or do you think there's a real case for an Icky Equanu to be the most yes, important? Yes, there is. Okay, so what's the case for Icky the more than Brian Burns? The case is
1: that he protects the goods, he protects the franchise, <laughs> he keeps <laughs> Bryce Young off of injured reserve. Obviously, other. Offensive lineman can do that as well, but we know left tackles protect the blind side in his most precious spot. So, yeah, he definitely has a case because he protects the franchise's crown jewel.
0: I, I think Ikiakuanu should be that guy um, just because of him playing blind side. The problem is that you have so much depth along the offensive line. Can you... Roll the other way. Right. If you're a right handed quarterback, you can roll out a little bit and protect yourself from guys that might be able to beat Icky if he does get beaten by good edge rushers. Whereas if Brian Burns doesn't get after the quarterback, you can't really depend on anybody opposite of Brian right now. And Derek Brown, you hope that he can step up in a new odd man front as far as a base package goes. But Brian Burns, to me, I think is still that guy. I do think Icky is is right there, though. I think both of those guys do matter a lot, just as far as the non-QBs. Do we even need to put that caveat, Wes? Like, do we even need to put the caveat of the most important player for the Panthers being a non-QB, or do we, because it's pretty clearly Bryce Young if we include Yeah, him.
1: clearly. Okay. The quarterback is the most important. There's no question about
0: it. All right, didn't know if it was Bryce Young. Did you Young. have
1: anybody from that list, though, that you would choose from that NFC list right there? No, I don't. Okay. Well, I'm trying to find it. It's, well, a, I mean, it's,
2: I, a, it's in our text. Well, I know. Fitty, did it's you the have last a, text that
1: we could. I understand that. Well, Fiddy, did you have a selection?
2: Um, yeah, so you went with Adrian Peterson. I was either going to go with, with Calvin Johnson or
1: <laughs> – He would have been my second choice.
2: Doesn't Aaron Donald maybe have to be the answer? Like, he's the best interior defensive lineman of all time.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, I appreciate that, but we see kind of – the value this year obviously it's a very important position don't get me wrong but if you don't have an offense you're dead I need a guy that's going to score points uh and if it's a non-quarterback I need somebody else that's going to be able to do that and can help carry my team if you lose a quarterback like the Rams did last year Aaron Donald wasn't impacting the scoreboard that much but if I still have an Adrian Peterson back there and a solid backup quarterback I can still win some ball games That's my rationale, at least.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would think because he's so good, he's still impacting the scoreboard because how many offenses is he single-handedly wrecking?
1: Well, uh, we can look at their record from last year and you could tell me uh, how many he was wrecking without Matthew Stafford (laughs) uh, in there. They they didn't look very good. Like I said, defensive tackle is certainly an important position, but not important enough where he's going to be able to score points for you. So when we come back on the and Walker Show, it's strong take or strong toke right here on 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only
0: at McDonald's. Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Appreciate you listening. We have a couple more segments to go. Uh, People putting in their answers here for the most important non-QB of the 21st century. I found the list. I was looking at my Twitter DMs rather than the group chat because I thought Shroppy might have sent it again and I was scrambling and I was trying to find it. Couldn't find it anywhere. But now I have the bracket. We did have a couple of those texts as I mentioned. Moose said Calvin Johnson is the answer eight oh three said Aaron Donald. Question mark, question mark. Somebody else wrote in Ed Reed and Ray Lewis because they won a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer as their QB. That defense was incredible all across the board, but those would be some pretty decent answers. And they did win in the twenty first century. So that could still could count.
2: Did you, you look at the bracket? No, I see it. Yeah, what's what's missing from the bracket? Ray Lewis
0: and Ed Reed is what you're saying.
2: It's only NFC teams. That's true. (laughs) <laughs> so that's why we didn't mention Ray Lewis or Ed Reed. Because, Wes, I would imagine, even though you said that you want someone that could impact the scoreboard, if we went the AFC, Ray Lewis and or Ed Reed would be in your answer, right? I was just reading text messages. Mm. I know. No, they would not be in there. I don't know. It
0: depends on who else is in it. All right. Well, we don't have that list. I'll just go ahead and give you my I'm answer sure real quick before I move on. Aaron Donald would be my answer. And that's who you went with, Fitty? Aaron Donald? Yep. That's what I would go with. Because I just think interior pass rush, especially a guy that is now, this is the one that Madden got right when they rated him a 99 for seven straight seasons. That guy is going to go down as one of the best defenders of all time. And Aaron Donald, don't forget, didn't play in some of those games last year that the Rams struggled so much in. He really helped that defense. And it's not, yeah, they would go out and get Jalen Ramsey. They would get Bobby Wagner at least for one season. But Aaron Donald He impacts the game as much as any of these guys, in my opinion, outside of the quarterback position, which is what we're doing for this NFC bracket. That would be my answer. Aaron Donald among what? Is he going to finish as a top five defender of all time in NFL history? At least that's what I would roll with then, especially with interior pass rush being king because you can't step up in the pocket if you're a quarterback and a guy getting that many sacks at the defensive tackle spot. It's dumb. Like, what he's done is dumb, so that's what I'm rolling with. He impacted the Rams at the tune of 5-12. Yeah, I, but he missed games is what I was and
2: saying. Sort of like 17 different quarterbacks a year ago. Exactly, what? my point exactly.
0: So, yeah, I mean, I guess, and you went with Adrian Peterson, right? Yep. Have you looked at their record history and getting to the playoffs with him there as well? I just know
1: with a running back like that, that's the difference maker that he was. If I don't have my quarterback he can put the offense on his back, and all I need is adequate quarterback play. I mean, he
0: went – they went 5-10-1 in 2013. I guess my okay, point is – Okay, you can th- cherry-pick a year, but – But you just
1: did last year. No, but I'm just saying <laughs> – No, no, it's not, because a defense, an interior defensive lineman, you can have all the great defensive uh, – interior defensive line play you want, but if you don't have an offense, you're going to be a trash team.
0: But no, but no, hold on. You said you cherry-picked a year, and you just did last year, but we didn't go to the years before that. Right, but they I also just... were fully staffed with with Matthew Stafford and Cooper
1: Cup and all those guys that were uh, killing people on offense,
0: though. I mean, man, I you look at the Vikings record with Peterson. I if if he was as impactful, which he's clearly a great running back, then I would expect better records and better playoff finishes with him.
1: Right, but he. But what I'm saying is he impacts the scoreboard. That's a guy that I can still score points with and still be in football offensively. Games. Right. right. I mean, what I'm that's what, saying. If, but, if I don't have offense, then. It doesn't matter who I have on defense, or I can make it a 9 6 game and still lose, but I need somebody that's going to score points. That's just my philosophy.
0: Well, I'm, I'm getting the guy that's stopping the other team from scoring points. Like, I think defensively and offensively, you go either way, but man, there's a quite a few sub 500. Yeah, but records I can run Peterson. away from
1: him, and I can do a lot of stuff to scheme Aaron Donald out of a game.
0: Not no, many I teams can't have done it. out a running back. I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals couldn't do it in the last play on offense. The last play. Well, well, no, What? that's one of them. But, like, that's that's the point. You would think the most important play, they would do it, but they couldn't because Aaron Donald just went through the offensive line. He was, he's a, yeah, I'm just –
1: that's Adrian, a bad offensive line, too. Well – What did he do against the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Nothing. They scored 10 points? Yeah, but he didn't do anything. You look at his stats, he didn't do anything in that game.
0: I, okay. I, look, Adrian, I, I just don't think you can look at games when Peterson is your top rusher for a long time of unsuccessful Vikings football. I, but Adrian Peterson's still a great running back. It's just, yeah, cherry picking games, I think that's going to be a part of it. One has a Super Bowl, one doesn't, too. And so I think Aaron Donald would be that guy that I would go with. Calvin Johnson, also amazing. Moose wrote that one in on the text line. Calvin That's a good debate for sure. No he, question. Calvin Johnson was amazing, but yeah, Detroit. At least if you get to a playoff as a Detroit Lion, <laughs> then yeah, Jim Cal- that's why Jim Caldwell being on the staff is sensational. All right, let's go strong take or strong toke. The first time in a long time. Let's hit it, Fitty.
2: Were you trying to get crazy with this scene? Eh? Don't you know I'm looking? <laughs> Do you understand? Sweetie. what did you say? Or you must be outside your mind. What talking about,
0: huh? All right, let's go to Fitty with a sound bite because Leo Mazzoni joined Kyle Bailey yesterday, talking baseball, and as we've all talked about, she- Shohei Otani could be available for plenty of teams out there. Here's Leo Mazzoni talking about whether he thinks the Braves should go after Shohei Otani if made available. No, not at all. That's just totally against what they're all about. And I know Jim Bowden. He's trying to create some headlines for crying out loud. I mean, I've known him for a long time. And uh, uh, I think it's um, uh, just you know, th- out, li- out thinking on his part out loud that has nothing to do with nothing. It really doesn't. All that is is he's projecting that something like that might happen. And I, I don't see it happen at all. Matter of fact, I was... Uh, talking to my son uh, today because, you know, the Braves are not owned by Time Warner anymore. And and he told me that what what he's heard around with the Atlanta area is that uh, they won't get in on the sweepstakes for Otani. Leo Mazzoni doesn't think the Braves should go after the best player in baseball? <laughs> so strong take or strong toke, Wes. The Braves should not trade for Shohei Otani. That's a big time
1: strong toke. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody who has a little bit of scrilla is going to try to make some type of play on Shohei Otani. There's no way that arguably or maybe a guy that could end up being the best player of all time that gives you the pitching value, that gives you the value at the plate as a hitter, that you're not going to make a play on him. Even if you need to make a deal. If you're the Braves, you could ask, hey, what's it going to take to get him here? We know the contract figures that they're talking about. You may even get rid of some guys just so you can afford this man. But they're, I'm not buying at all that they're not going to go after
0: Shohei or they shouldn't trade for him. Vinny, I know where you're going, but just go ahead and uh, etch it in stone for us.
2: This is a strong take. There's no reason that Atlanta Whoa! should consider trading for him because what you're going to have to give up to get Shohei with, like especially if you're dealing with Atlanta, the Angels aren't going to want prospects. Hell no. They're going to want the Ozzie Albies. They're going to want the, the Michael Harris's. They're going to want those types of guys of the world that you have developed and you have paid relatively cheaply. You've gotten these guys on quote-unquote bargain contracts. You've got, You've got the best lineup in the National League. You've got a great farm system. And you've got a GM that's proven he can make savvy trades to bolster to, to to boost the other parts of your team. They don't need to trade for Shohei Otani. They're already the best team in baseball without him. What's the difference between the Dodgers and
0: the Braves?
2: If you look at the Dodgers now, they've the, the 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 payroll is under because they didn't pay Trey Turner. He goes to Philadelphia. They didn't pay Corey Seager. He goes to Texas. Clayton Kershaw is at the back end of his career. It makes sense for the Dodgers to trade for Shohei Ohtani.
0: Because you called your dad some harsh words for well, not wanting to go after Shohei.
2: Because no, he doesn't think that it makes sense and that he said that he didn't want him. Everybody and their mother want Shohei Ohtani on their baseball team. But it doesn't mean that every team should go after him. Atlanta should not go after him. They don't need him. Um, I think if you're the Angels, I know you have Mike Trout on the squad, but if you trade
0: Shohei because you don't want to pay the guy, then I do think that prospects would probably get this thing done, right? If prospects are going to be a part of the deal, then to me this is a strong toke. But it's a strong take if it takes anything more than the prospects with Ozzy with Acuna. Because you're not giving up a whole World Series contending title team. But if it's only prospects and future picks or whatever, then yeah, I think that's when you should go after Shohei Otani.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, like, you look at the teams that are going to trade for him. I think substance and context matters. Like, with Atlanta, you've got enough proven players where, yeah, the prospect total is not going to be what it is if you're trading with someone else. But you're going to have to give up proven players. Seattle, you're giving up prospects. But you're not trading away Julio Rodriguez or one of those types of guys. So that's why I say it's a strong take. All right, next one. The Hornets will make the playoffs
0: next season. This is Mitch Kupchak telling you that at his media availability alongside LaMelo Ball. Yesterday, he thinks that this is a playoff team. Video, we'll start with you. Strong take, strong toke from Mitch.
2: Hit me with that one more time.
0: The Hornets will be a playoff team this season.
2: So playoff team as in top six or top eight after the play-in tournament?
0: Either way, play in, win a couple games, get top eight or top six outright.
2: This would have been a strong take three weeks ago when I was in the afternoons with Kyle Bailey. But after <laughs> the guy that loves the Hornets more than he loves his girlfriend, you said yesterday well, you don't think that they're a playoff team no, as currently token. constructed. Mm-hmm. I think it's a strong toke. And it, it's really it's really mind-numbing that Mitch Kovchak isn't confident they're a playoff team after doing nothing this offseason to solidify themselves as a playoff team.
0: I'm going to go with strong take. I don't think it's crazy. It's not out of the realm of possibility, which is what I deem a strong toe. The way that this happens is if LaMelo Ball does make an All-NBA team, which you can have that jump, nobody saw, even with my love of SGA, nobody saw him being a top five guy in the MVP voting this upcoming, this last season, and he was a first-team All-NBA member. If LaMelo goes All-NBA, it's going to make a world of difference. If you have internal improvement from Mark Williams, if you have internal improvement if Miles Bridges can come back and pick up where he left off, maybe brandon miller helps out right away what i don't love is banking on 50 50 propositions all trending towards the positive that's something that seems a little foolish to bank on and rely on for you to get to the postseason but theoretically a lot of that could happen for you to make the play-in win a couple games then get to the playoffs it's not a strong toke i'll call it a strong take but, yeah, I certainly am not going to bet on them making a the playoff.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with strong tech because I feel like this team, if they use that fuel from what happened to them a couple of years ago, Miles Bridges is in the stratosphere where he was a couple of years ago. You add Brandon Miller uh, to the mix. Now, they do need that backup point guard. So uh, this is a roster that still needs to fill in some pieces there. But I think that this team has enough talent that they can get into that seven or eight. I think there's enough there.
0: Next one, in honor of Team Week with Appalachian State, Sean Clark gets fired at the end of the season. This is strong talk to me. I think it's a legitimate question if App State does finish below 500. But I don't think that's gonna happen. They go six and six last year. Sean Clark does have a ton of pressure on him, no doubt. He did get two new coordinators for a reason, and you do have a new quarterback starting after Chase Bryce. But I just have too many positive feelings about App State bouncing back. They have tough games, but the tough games are at home. They're at Kid Brewer, Georgia Southern, Marshall, Coastal Carolina. All of those games are going to be in Boone, North Carolina. That matters a ton, in my opinion. I don't think Sean Clark is going to get fired at the end of this year, even if it's a legitimate conversation because of the way that they finished 6-6 six and six last year. Still not going to happen. Strong toke. Sean Clark stays with App State.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with a strong toke as well. I think if he doesn't have a good season this year, I think we're past the point of warming up the oven. I think we're at the point where the oven's ready for food to be put in it and you're standing there seasoning it. So uh, then I think coming into next season, the 2024 season, if things aren't looking good, I think the leash will will be short and he could get fired by midseason if things aren't going the way they want to but I think they're going to give him this year
0: what you got Teddy?
2: I'm gonna go with strong toke I think this could have been a strong take if Scott Satterfield would have still at Louisville but he's you know he's jump ship he's now at Cincinnati I don't think he's gonna get fired after one year He's family, and I don't think App State wants to put themselves back in the position to have to hire a coach like Eli Drinkwitz, who was just an oddball, and then left to go a, to be a underachieving middle of the road coach in the SEC. They're going to give him time, I think, to get them back where they should be, which is winning nine, ten games year in year out. Next one, Lamelo
0: Ball, after signing his rookie max extension, is already a top ten Hornet of all time. Little context here. The Hornets are celebrating their 35th anniversary. When they celebrated their 30th anniversary, I made a top 30 Hornets list of all time and revealed that on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. So it's coming once again. LaMelo Ball has since been drafted since I made that list. So now here it is again for you, Wes. LaMelo Ball is a top 10 Hornet of all time already. Strong take, strong toe.
1: That is a strong take. Uh, The Charlotte Hornets have only had seven All-Stars in their franchise's history, and he added to that to become the eighth All-Star in Hornets history. So, yeah, just off that alone, one of the best young players in the game. More All-Stars to come for him, yes. But just saying it, putting it plainly today, yes, I say so.
0: All right, what you think, Fitty? Is that a strong take?
2: (sighs) This this might be the toughest thing you've asked me in our four-year radio relationship. Well, wow. I was leaning strong toe because I don't you know maybe he hasn't played enough. But then Wes said you've only had seven All Stars in your 35 years as a franchise. Yeah, he added that while being the second youngest All Star ever, if I remember that correctly. Yes, I think this is a strong take because he's proven when he's on the court. He's he's the most fun Hornet player we've ever had the chance to watch. I think it's a strong take, too.
0: Look, the top ten Hornets in no order. It would be something to the tune of Al Jefferson, Anthony Mason, Gerald Wallace, Baron Davis, Del Curry, Glenn Rice, Muggsy Bogues, Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning, Kemba Walker. The guys that were left out, Kendall Gill, Eddie Jones, Jamal Mashburn, those would be the guys that you might keep out of the top ten. Even so... It is not crazy at all to call LaMelo Ball right now a top-ten Hornet, especially with some of the guys that have made those accomplishments. You have an All-NBA member. You have All-Stars. LaMelo does have an All-Star appearance already. The games, he hasn't played a ton, even if he's going to go into his fourth year. But I do think LaMelo is talented, and he's the only guy to ever sign a Rookie Max extension. It's a big moment in their history. All right, last one. Fiddy, we're going to go with you first, so pay attention. Next one, this one is... uh, in honor of International Chess Day. Uh-oh. Chess is the best board game of all time. Strong oh, take, strong toke.
2: That's that's a strong toke. That's yeah, that's not even really a question. Checkers way better.
0: Checkers is better than chess. Yeah.
2: Checkers is a better board game. Um, I think Clue's a better board game. I think Monopoly's a better board game. <laughs> Catan's a better board game. You, you, mean, you, you want me to keep going? Settlers, no. No. Risk you can, you, like you, you, <laughs> No, you can stop. Stop it.
0: This is a strong take. Chess is timeless man. It's being it's been played for centuries. You still have people that are addicted to online chess. There's ranking systems. You even might consider this a sport. We talk about a great series like the Queen's Gambit being named for and being nominated for among the best TV shows out there. We all know about Bobby Fischer. They made movies about it in Search of Bobby Fischer. I haven't seen a movie about sorry. I haven't seen a movie about Settlers of Catan. Chess is the best board game of all time. This is a strong take.
1: Yeah, I go strong take as well. You, you talk about a thinking man's game and also the fact of uh, Liquid Swords was definitely centered <laughs> around <laughs> chess as a game. It's a great point. Especially when you talk about the video. So I go
0: strong take. All right, that'll do it for strong take or strong toke. Tell us how you feel. 704-570-9610. Time now for the last Fitty Flash of the day. What you got for us, Fitty?
2: Fitty. All right. Well, I'll keep with the MLB updates because that's what I've been doing all day. The White Sox lead two to one over my Mets in the top of the sixth. A four-run inning from Atlanta has them in front of Arizona, seven-five. Milwaukee over the Phillies, the Reds 5-0 over the Giants, Toronto 1-0 over the Padres, and the Tigers 2-0 over Kansas City. But, Wes, you sent me something in our group chat. I don't know if Walker saw it or not. Comments made by Lane Kiffin about the NIL and the transfer portal, and to summarize it, it was, quote, a disaster with where the sport is today. The more and more we hear coaches talk about the state of college athletics, do you get more convinced that sooner rather than later, we will have regulation in the NIL world of college sports?
1: Hell no. And I think that Lane mm. Kiffin needs to sit his pompous behind down. Don't nobody care what he thinks. He's just mad because he has players making uh, a lot of Skrilla and he has to compete with schools that may be able to offer the bigger bags. So Lane Kiffin, like I said, never liked him. one of the luckiest bastards to ever be in the coaching profession. So, I don't care much of what he has to say at all. Liddy, what are you
2: doing? I just just had a big old string come out of my boxers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? You're sitting there stretching it right before we go. You ask him the question, and then you just pull a string from your underwear?
2: Well, like, I had a string sticking out, so I was like, well, let me... There's a highlight of the week. Let me pull this out, and then, I mean, it's probably... Oh, it's not as tall as I am. It's about like three feet long, I would I would I would imagine. You're just sitting there stretching it out in front of your face. Well Weird. I was trying to get your attention. Oh no, well you got it. <laughs> you got it.
0: One more segment to go coming up next.
1: McDonald's is not new to chicken.
0: got distracted with bitty pulling something out of his underwear we were asking about the best board games of all time i said chess was you said strong take do you play chess like that wes i I do not but i do respect the game and what it
1: means and that's something as we talked about it i contemplated do i want to
0: uh take my okay you should i know jeff plays with his kids a lot okay but i think he actually i think he talked about it not too long ago where his kid started beating him at chess And now it's the classic father-son moment where the son is, you know. Yeah, he becomes the master. He's becoming the champion. Yeah. Um, I used to play all the time. I haven't played in quite some time. Trophy Husband said, oh, come on, Walker. The show The Queen's Gambit was way better than playing a game of chess. Did you ever watch Queen's Gambit? I did not. I'm familiar with it, though. I know about it. Pretty good series. I liked it. I enjoy playing chess, though. Rather be golfing. Fitty playing with the string in his underwear. Um, you, I'm going to guess you put that one in there. Did you put that text in there in the prep page? No,
2: I, maybe I did. I don't, if I did, I did on accident.
0: Yeah. I think you just saw something, uh, naughty and you decided to put it in the prep page. Uh, seven Oh four five, seven Oh Panther cliff writing in. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Walker chess could be considered a sport. That is a toke for the ages. Mr. Mail. I think it could be. I think that's what people talk about, right? Like, that's when we talk about uh, spelling bee, maybe being on ESPN, then chess could be, right? Yeah, I think so. All right. How riveting is this conversation? Russell in Vermont said, anyone who picks checkers over chess obviously can't play well. Hunter said, Settlers of Catan is the GOAT. Have you ever played Settlers, Wes? I've never even heard of that.
2: What is Settlers of Catan?
0: You can tell him, Fitty, since you said that was one of your favorite board games.
2: I don't really know... I've, I've I've played it like a handful of times, but I've kicked ass whenever I played. You basically just get all these resources and you build roads and you acquire an army and you just take over other parts of the map. Like and you have like different versions of it. Like there's like a Game of Thrones. I forget the one that that I that my family and I we play, but uh <laughs> yeah. Okay,
0: so looks mm. we can move on. Let's get to one of the leftover topics.
2: <laughs> wow. I mean,
0: just wow. Let's go to one of the leftover topics that we have not gotten to um, earlier in the show. I did want to go to one soundbite from Scott Fowler, who joined us yesterday, talking about his Carolina Sports Legends uh, podcast, how he talked with Chris Paul, Armani Edwards. Both of those podcasts are out when we were talking to him because of Team Week with App State. He said that that 2015 team, is the best in franchise history and was the most talented in franchise history because you had so many different all pro level players, pro bowl level pl- level players where you had an MVP, you had Luke Kuechly who was on the NFC list of best non quarterbacks of the 21st century. You even had someone like Kwan short, who was among the better defensive tackles, a top 100 player on the NFL networks list, man, it's just, you you take for granted just how many studs you had at each different position. Josh Norman, all-pro, became the highest-paid cornerback. Are we ever going to see a team that talented again with Carolina? Because you can talk about that squad going 15 and 1 and know they didn't make the Super Bowl. But are we ever going to see Luke Keekley best at his position in the league? Josh Norman that year best at his position in the league. Cam Newton best player in the league. If you go with just the MVP award, it's going to be tough to ever reach that again. Even if I do feel very good about the foundation this squad has right now, it just goes to show you, man, when you go back and look at 2015, it's going to be tough to reach those levels again.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could be. I'm a firm believer that if it's happened once, it can happen again. Now, maybe not 15 and 1, but you could perhaps come close to that. Uh, man, because when I look at you look across at that defensive line, you had Charles Johnson was very good, starring K one Jared Allen, Shaq Keekley. So, yeah, Peanut Tailman. So, there were a mix of some good veterans, too, that they brought in. So, I think that if this regime continues on with off-seasons similar to what they had this year where you're making shrewd pickups and then you hit on some draft picks that become studs i think it's possible
0: do you think it's possible to reach the 2015 heights? You can text real quickly. Some photo finish text. 704. 570 But remember, even Greg Olson. For sure, you're not going to yeah, have a Hall Olson, of Famer yeah. level or even all-pro season at every position. But Greg Olson was a 1,000-yard receiver that year. One of the best tight ends in all of football. Offensive line, even with an offensive line unit that hasn't been particularly strong, Trey Turner, Andrew Norwell. Very good guards. And Ryan Khalil, a man that you think should be in the ring of honor right here, right now. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It really is. And we can go back to 2003. It's often been a fun debate who would win in a game between those two. Maybe if they played 10 times over the course of an NFL season, who would win more often than not. I think that one's kind of tough because you had a better quarterback with Cam. Maybe a better overall defense in 03 because of Julius Peppers. The defensive line was real stout. And I don't know, I mean, the best edge rusher on that 2015 team, you know, you're not talking about anybody like Julius Peppers. And so that's where it gets tough. Yeah, and not to mention, Jake was playing at a high level when he got to the Super Bowl. I mean, for a couple of years there in the
1: playoffs, he was pretty dominant, man. I would take that team because Stephen Davis, Moose, Smitty, Pep, Ruck, Morgan, yeah. Will Witherspoon was a really good linebacker as well. The secondary wasn't fantastic. But they were solid enough. You got Mike Menna. Deion Grant was a good player back there as well. It can take that team. It, it could happen
0: again. I just it it feels crazy to think that they had all pros at so many different positions. That'll do it for Weson Walker. Keep it right here. Kyle Bailey, Smoke Ludwig. They're coming up next at Sports Radio 927, WFNZ.